Episode 6. After the show, don't forget to visit tell.fish slash gear to get our recommendations on gear that will take your angling adventures to the next level and help make you the next Telltale Fisherman. Welcome to the Telltale Fisherman Podcast, where avid anglers share the story of their best fishing day ever to inspire yours. Now it's time for another epic adventure. So here's your host, John Woodson. Okay, welcome to the show. Today's guest is Lewis Prestup. Lewis, welcome. Thank you. All right, well, let's just have you tell us a little bit about yourself to um, get started. I grew up in the Orlando, Florida area, and I got into fishing from my dad. He was a fisherman all of his life, and he, when I was two, he bought me my first rod, and I messed around with it, and I have pictures from it, and then from then on, he just kept me fishing, and I just grew to love it more and more. Right, well, so where do you go to school now? I go to the Master's Academy. And what grade are you in? I'm a freshman in ninth grade. Freshman in ninth grade. Yes, sir. But you've been fishing since you were two years old, huh? Yes, sir. So talk a little bit about your experience growing up fishing. What kind of stuff you fished for? And I take it you fished with your dad most of the time? Most of the time I did. Um, when I was two, he'd always take me to the local ponds, and we'd fish for brim with, like, bread or worms, and we'd throw out the bread and we'd watch them pop, and I just find that so interesting. And then when I was about seven, we, me and my dad always dreamed about getting a boat. And then we, we would look on Craigslist and people would be like, come pick up a boat, got, want it gone, and like it'd be free. So one day my dad surprised me and went out and picked up a boat that someone just wanted to get rid of. And then from then on, me and my dad had a project for over two years, fixing up the boat, getting an engine for it and fixing it. And then after that, we took it out on the Banana River in Cocoa Beach and we caught 42 trout in the slot size. Nice. And then from then on, I just learned to love bass fishing because New Smyrna and all that was so far away from me that I didn't, I wanted to fish every day. So I'd fish for bass in my local ponds and a bunch of other type of fishing. Excellent. So what are some of your favorite, do you, do you have a favorite memory from when you were little catching fish? Um, from when I was little, it'd probably be just boat building and making up the boat with my dad. Right. And so what kind of boat was it? It was a 15 foot sailfish center console. Excellent. And what, do you remember what kind of motor you had on it? We had a Mercury 150. Okay, so you, you don't have the boat anymore? No, we sold it to help pay for stuff. So, tell us a little bit about the kinds of fishing you do now. And um, I mostly bass fish around my local ponds because I don't have much time, but every year, me and my family, we go down to New Smyrna and we just have a family week there. And then we, we would always fish there, and then I got really into saltwater fishing, and then one day we met this guy out by the charter, and this guy already paid for the charter, but said that he can't go, and we came in off the boat from not catching anything. And he's like, hey, do you guys want to go on a free charter? So we said yes, and he went out, and on the third cast, I caught my first ever redfish, and then I was hooked on saltwater fishing. And then when we got back, about two years later, I got into, like, freshwater since we never really lived near the saltwater. Mm -hmm. So then we would go down there, and then my brother got his car, we could drive all the time, so we would pack the kayak in and all that, and we'd go down to the beach and sharkfish. Ah, so that's, you're going to tell us a little bit about more about shark fishing in, yes, in a minute, aren't you? Okay, well, 
I know you also have some other cool experiences with fishing. In fact, when I hear the scouting report on you, everybody tells me that you're a sponsored fisherman. What does that mean exactly, to be in ninth grade and a sponsored fisherman? When people think of sponsor, they think that they send you a bunch of stuff for free, but that's normally not what it means. Like they, you wear their product to things and they give you 50, 60, 70% off on their product. Like for Mudhole, I get a bunch of free stuff because I wear his stuff all over the town and he just helps me out with all my fishing rods and building them. Right, so you're, you're good friends with the owner of Mudhole, Mac I take it. Yes, sir. Yeah, and you've worked there. Um, I worked there over the summer for two, three weeks. Excellent. And you've become uh, quite the rod builder, I take it. Yes, sir. I built a bunch of rods. Awesome. So I understand on this story that you're going to tell us here in just a minute that you built the rod that you were using. Is that correct? Talk, yes, talk to us a little bit about um, how you so do that. My friend, she wanted me to build her rod because they have a 36 Everglades and... It's a big, big blue boat. And she said, I want you to make me this rod. So I said, okay. And she wanted it for down rigging and trolling. So I said, okay, I can't be too old. I'll go talk to Mr. McNamara. So I went in and I called Mr. McNamara. He said, yeah, I'll give you anything you need. Cause he already hooked me up with the rod building set up the electric one that spins it. So I said, oh, that's pretty cool. So I went in and he already had everything laid out for the color and all that. But, and once I made it, it took me about a day to make cause I was making it perfect. And I did a bunch of diamond wraps near the base and different colors. But after that, I don't really give away products I don't, I haven't tested or anything. So my brother's like, you wanna go down to the beach and shark fish with it? So I was like, yeah. So we packed two or three trolling rods in, plus the one that I made, and we put a big nine-aught pen senator on it. And we took 200-pound um, test braid, we split up on the pen senator, and then we took a bunch of 200-pound fluoro, uh, and then we crimped it down, and then we put I think it's like a three, four hundred pound steel leader on it to a six, uh, no, 12 aught hook. And then it was really like a big metal steel hook. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, Lewis will finish telling us about his epic shark fishing story from the beach. Stay tuned. When the bait is thick, any old cast net can get you some bait. But many times the bait are scarce or they're laying low and there is simply no way you can get at them without a good quality cast net. Unless you're netting in very shallow water, you need a net with a good amount of weight, which is a necessity for getting the net down on the bait quickly. A good quality net will also stand the test of time if it's taken care of properly. For a great value net for the money, check out tell.fish gear in your web browser. All right, let's get back to the action with Lewis Presdip. Lewis, what happened next? We went to the bait shop and we got a whole bonita. So I cut open little slits in the bonita and I put it on. And then we grabbed the kayak and we put it in the back of the kayak. And then once we put it in the back of the kayak, I kayaked it out about two, 300 yards. And we only had like two, 300 yards on the thing. So I only did it not too far. But when I was kayaking it out, I dropped it. And I forgot to drop the weight and I'm kayaking back in. And my brother goes, Lewis, look behind you. And I look behind me, and there's a big old shark fin, because the weight didn't go out, but the thing did. And then the bonita's just dragging in the water. Hmm. And there's a shark fin, so I drop it, and my brother clicks the bale over, and it starts zipping out. So the two are the two of you in the canoe together? No. It's just you and he's the... He's at the thing. He's, the thing he's, he's back at the rod. Yes. Okay. 
So while I start coming in, he sets it, and I said, it's my fish, I made the rod. And he goes, okay, I won't touch it. And he steps back like this, and I see the rod shoot over in the sand. And I'm yelling, okay, William, you can reel in the rod. So it starts, and then I zip in, and then I put on the fighting belt and the harness, and I strap the rod into me. And then we have a big stake that we put in the ground from the thing and a rope that goes onto you so I don't get pulled in with the rod. Um, and then I start fighting it, and that was about 6 o'clock. And then, so, well, tell me just a little bit about where where you're at, and so what what is the what what is the beach like here? Is this a place where that people can drive on the beach? Yeah, or people it's, down it's right on the where beach? you enter the beach. Right. So it's so just tell people a little bit about this is a New Smyrna beach, yeah. right? So tell for those who haven't been to New Smyrna, tell them what it's like when you get there and and what the beach is actually like. There's a big bridge. It's called the North Bridge, and if you keep going straight, there's this entrance. You can pay eight dollars to get your car into the beach. So you can drive down onto the beach and onto the park beach. your car. Okay. Yes. Um, and then we would park the car and then we would put everything on the kayak and we'd carry it down. Mm-hmm. But there's there's probably hundreds of people on the beach. Okay, so there's us. still a lot of yeah, people on the beach while you're doing the water. this. And then the lifeguard yelling at me to get in when I'm on my kayak, blowing the whistle and going like this. And I'm like, what does that mean? And then William's yelling at me going like this. And I turn around about six, seven yards behind me is the shark. And... I just dropped it and it zipped it from there. So then when we got back, we just started, William started cranking and then I got back and I pulled the kayak back up on shore. I put everything on and I started cranking it, cranking it and I thought I lost it and I, and I got really mad. I dropped it and I put it back in the rod holder. We took out one rod holder, we put the other rod in and I went like this. I like put my hands in my head and said, we just lost a massive shark. And then it tips over again, and we're like, we didn't lose this shark. So we start cranking and cranking and cranking after we get everything set back up. And then that was about 6 once that happened. And then about 7.30 is when it starts getting dark. We So wait, wait, so you hooked the fish at 6 o'clock? Yeah. And you're still fighting it at 7.30? I think my brother was fighting it at this point. So did you... do, do you think the fish, the, the shark grabbed the, it was a bonita you said? Yeah. Um, you think you think he grabbed the bonita and then let it go? That he no, didn't get I think hooked? he was just running towards the shore. Okay, so he was still hooked that whole time when, mm-hmm. your, when your rod went slack. Yeah. So even though you were reeling as fast as you can, yeah. trying to take up the slack, he still was coming in so fast that, mm-hmm. that it made you think that he was he off. He was off. Wow, yeah. okay. And then, so hour and a half into this fight, it's just getting dark, and there's people surrounding us. And, and you, and so you and your brother had had to switch off some. Yeah. On the fish. And then about eight o'clock, this news team comes out with cameras in that, <laughs> and because they they were covering shark attacks on the beach because they just had like four or five that year, and they were coming out and they saw us out there. So then they brought the truck out there and they brought the cameras and they were videotaping us. And then I get the rod back, and I start cranking and cranking and cranking. It's about 50 yards from shore, and it takes a big, long 100-yard run. And I, I thought it was about to snap, and I just start cranking. Crank. I hand it to William. He does 50 yards. I finish the 50 yards, and I run out, and I grab by the tail, and I start pulling it up just to realize that the shark can turn its whole body near the tail. Yeah, they're pretty crafty like that, aren't they? So I have William hold it, makes another run. I run up to the thing and get a rope, and I tie a noose in it. And I wrap okay, it so you tail roped him? Yeah, after, I mean, I probably took 10 minutes to go find everything to do that because I wasn't getting bit. It's a big 350-pound bull shark, and we pull it up. Once we pull it up, my dad yells at me, Lewis, what are you doing from the condo? (laughs) And I was like, fishing, and he goes, for what? And there's like 40 people around us pulling up the shark. (laughs) Oh, so everybody just grabbed onto the rope? Yeah. All the people there are helping you pull it up onto the beach. Yes, sir. With the news crews watching and everything. 
Wow. So how Never aired on news, but you know. <laughs> well, how far did they pull it up? I mean, did you get him totally out of the water? All yeah, the way we got up? him totally out of the water because we had to remove okay. the hook from the mouth. Right, right. And so, how long was this shark? It was probably six, seven feet long. He was really fat. Six, seven feet, big, big fat shark. Hopefully, he didn't have any uh, surfer's arms or legs in his uh, no. <laughs> stomach. <laughs> Hopefully not. Hopefully not. So you get this massive shark up on the beach. It took you, you say, a little over two hours to get Just him in. Just a little bit over, yeah. So how 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 fatigued were you? How did you feel? I felt tired. Like I didn't realize what I had just done. Like I was like, cool, I caught a shark, and it hit me at night when I was laying in bed just thinking about. It. I was like, I just caught a three hundred and fifty pound bull shark off the beach. Like I yeah. said, all those YouTube videos, and it just hit me. And I was like, that is one of the coolest things I've ever done. Yeah, no kidding. And it's amazing that you did it on such a populated beach where there's cars driving and people. Oh, they're around. all out there. They just yeah, they're there. They're swimming under you the whole time. Oh they yeah, just don't know it. Well, but were were there still people in the water when you were fishing and no. they had to get out of your way or? Oh, when we hooked the shark, there was someone about a hundred yards down that was in the water. Okay. Now, did the lifeguard come over and holler at you for shark oh, fishing? Or? When we were done, the lifeguard already picked up and moved her stuff in. She wasn't there anymore. Okay. And um, so you, you got the shark on the beach. I hope you got a couple pictures with Yeah, we it. do have a few pictures. Awesome. Well, I know everybody's going to want to see some pictures of that monster. Uh, we, I'll send you guys some. Yeah. Well, that's going to be great. But um, so you got the shark up there, take a couple pictures, get the hook out. Mm -hmm. And um, then were, were people on the beach touching it and everything? Yeah, and, they were like, can we touch it? Can we touch it? And people were taking pictures of them holding the tail like they caught it and all that. <laughs> it was really fun and all that. Wow. And so after, you know, five couple minutes out of the water, you, you just drag it back in? It wasn't in. out for more than two, three minutes. We pulled it back okay. in safely. Yeah. Well, and they're very hardy. They, they can last a yeah. good while out of the water. But that's, that's great that you took good care of it. A, an animal like that is, is quite an amazing specimen. A lot yeah. of people are afraid of them and some people would want to kill it but it's it's a uh, magnificent they are really good eating sharks but well uh, right but that's i bet it was impressive to see an animal that magnificent up close and yeah you not only got to feel the power of it through your rod and the line you but to, you got to it. actually right Sit on the back and hold up the mouth and take a picture of the teeth oh did you do that yeah oh man yeah i gotta see that picture we do have a picture of that it's really blurry because it's at night right right i will send that to you awesome um, so you drag it back down the water and, and did you have to wiggle it a little bit to get it going or did it just take right back oh, off? We just pushed it in the water and then it turned and we ran out as fast as we could, but it didn't <laughs> turn. We just thought it turned. Right. It just was going out. Right. Well, it's, it's extra, you know, it was dark at that point. It's probably, it was probably extra, a little extra spooky yeah. letting the fish that a shark. in the middle of the night and you have to be up to this in the water. Right. You can't right. see anything. Oh, so you, you were wading up to about your chest yeah. to get him back out there. Yeah, he wasn't going. We had to give him a little push. Right. Oh, I bet he was completely spent by he that point. He was mad. He was really mad. So is that something you, it, it, for you, is that a, okay, I did it once, I don't, I don't care to fight a fish well, for two we, hours We do it again. every year, and we catch a you, big one every year. Okay. So, so that was last year, and, we're, and we go down every month with my brother, and we'll go catch, but not as big. They'll probably be like five feet. Right. Four feet. And then we'll get a big one every now and then. So you're, you're hooked on catching big ones, huh? Yeah. 
Yes, awesome. Sir. Yeah. Well, see, for me, that would be fun to do once. I'm not sure I'd want to keep <laughs> catching fish that big. But the girls, they sure love it when you pull a big shark on Well, the then, you know, I can, I can certainly understand why you'd want to keep doing that. Um, excellent. So what's, what's your uh, next big catch? What, what would you, what do you think would top that? What what kind of twelve foot hammerhead off the beach? Twelve foot hammerhead. We've caught the, the nine foot hammerheads in that, but we want to get the big, big, great hammerheads. Well, I have I have seen that hammerhead, and I I call it a coucher because it looked bigger than your living room couch. Oh, it's twelve, thirteen feet long. Yes, but that one was not on the beach. That one was about fifteen miles offshore. We saw yeah. it swimming, but. Uh, it was just a little bit south of where where you beach fish, so maybe maybe you'll see it one of those days. Hopefully, and there's a lot of them out there. We see them all the time when we're out oh, yeah. fishing. We actually got a call one time when we were out fishing with the girl I made the rod for, and there was a call over the intercom, and it goes, "A eight foot hammerhead just ate my shark." Not ate ate my tuna. I don't know why I said shark. And then five minutes later, we're driving around trolling, and there's an eight foot hammerhead with the tuna in its mouth just going down the thing. <laughs> Yep, it's they are amazing creatures. So I just have one last question for you. Did you ever give up that rod after catching the fish? I did. <laughs> okay. But I get free fishing whenever we go out with her. Awesome. Well, sounds like it's uh, about time for another trip, and I'd yeah. love to hear your next story when you catch that 12-foot hammerhead. Thank you. All right, Lewis, it's been awesome having you on the show. Thanks. Thank you. Do you have an epic fishing story to tell? We want to hear it. Go to tell.fish slash guest in your browser and sign up to become a fishing legend today. This has been the Telltale Fisherman Podcast. Thanks for sharing another great tale with us. Be sure to check out the show notes page for more info on today's show and the gear we talked about. Keep those lines tight and we'll catch you next time right here on the Telltale Fisherman Podcast.